Welcome to Catholic Vitamins, your dose of spiritual supplements from A to Z. Catholic Vitamins, specially formulated to help you achieve optimum spiritual health. It's time to energize your faith, forget what lies behind, and press on toward the goal. We've already won. Here are your hosts for Catholic Vitamins, Deacon Tom Fox and his lovely wife, Dee. Well, hello everyone, it's Deacon Tom. And Dee. We're glad to be with you on Catholic Vitamins once again. Dee, what show is this? This is, would you believe we are up to Z? The letter Z? Yes. We can no longer do vitamins which start with a Z. We ran out of Z words that are pro- appropriate. So we're going to do amazing theology. Amaz- i for stretching it. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> amazing theology. And our guest is a friend, spiritual mentor, guide, formator, professor from the uh, seminary when we were in Denver. His name is Dr. Anthony Lillis. And um, as I say, he's he's been a a mentor, uh, a guide, and he is also a friend of Dee and Tom. <clears throat> been to our house for dinner a couple, three times, along with his lovely wife, Agnes. We've enjoyed knowing them for uh, quite some while, and we're going into our vault of shows that we've done in the past, <clears throat> and this is about the gift of theology in the church. A lot of people don't understand theology, and we are going to a recognized professor in that subject area. Dr. Anthony Lillis uh, is with the Avila Institute of Spiritual Formation. He works now at the uh, St. Patrick's Seminary in the Greater Bay Area of um, California. California. And um, we have known him for a lot of years, I'm going to be ordained 17 years this June, and he was our formator a couple, three years ahead of that. He sure. also he also did formation for the ladies somewhat, didn't he? He did. So it was really great to be with him, and he's a, he's a solid resource, one that we enjoy. You said we're going into our vault. Do you remember what year this interview was? I think this was the fourth year. We started in 2009. I think this was 2013. I should have checked beforehand, but this is an interesting interview. I started to listen to part of it, then got interrupted. My voice sounds a lot different back then. so <laughs> Stronger? Yeah, much stronger, yeah. So uh, this is a, a segment of Catholic Vitamins called Prattle. We're supposed to be nourishing your faith from A to Z, but we always start off with a little bit of our life. And uh, I'm recovering from eye surgery. Thank you to a kind listener who heard this on our Catholic radio station, KPIH 98.9. And she called in, she put in a bid for the book giveaway that we were doing, but she also said that she had listened to our show and heard about my eye surgery and was praying for me. So I thought that was very, very lovely. Oh, we had lots of people praying for you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for that. Um, So I'm recovering. My eyes are still sort of tender and not so comfortable. It's kind of hard to read. I'm squinting some, but I know that I'm healing and getting better. Well, you no longer look like I punched you in the... No, no, no. Anybody that saw this would say, boy, are they having problems in their marriage? 
maybe we should have taken that marriage book that we were that giving we away. To that lady. <laughs> yeah, Restoring Friendship, Passion, and Commitment in Marriage. Uh, maybe we should have read that ourselves. But actually, uh, it was the surgery. And uh, it was a major surgery on the eyes, for sure. And uh, getting better. I don't want to spend too much time on that. I'm coming up on a birthday. Please, uh, no cards, letters, uh, or uh, whatever. But I'm coming up on a birthday. And uh, you would know from looking at my eyes that I had need of a surgery. I was definitely uh, aging and my lower I was just going to say, did the doctor say this was from aging? (laughs) I I knew that that was... As all the doctors say about everything that we go to them for these days. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, dear friends, uh, speaking of uh, nourishing faith from A to Z, I am spending one uh, hour or a little bit more each week teaching two young children, preparing them for their first communion and uh, confirmation in the church where I'm serving. It's the uh, ordinariate of the chair of St. Peter, and the uh, ordinariate believes in the sacrament of confirmation at the same time as the sacrament of First Communion. I know that will sound a little different to parents who believe or uh, think that you should wait until the age of, uh, like... Teen years. Or- yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. a second sophomore year or or third year of high school, but uh, there is a growing body of belief that the graces of confirmation are not to be delayed. And so I'm teaching the children, right now we're on First Communion, and I'm just enjoying it so much, and they are such a joy to be with. They're just soaking it up like sponges, and they really are participating So on today's show, we're going to feature a little bit of the music I'll be doing with the children over time, and we'll take our first break now, and we'll put in a bit of that music, and we'll be back on the other side. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Good morning, Jesus. Come and take my hand. kind of a sweet, uplifting, short piece, uh, very uh, much designed to inspire young children. We'll be getting later into more tender or more uh, older hymns, 
but I wanted to start with something that is sort of upbeat and happy. I have another one that is planned to be played that's sort of upbeat and happy, and then I have a more traditional one that we'll use towards the end. I enjoy uh, being with the children so much when they're at this age, and uh, they, as I said before, are just like sponges, so it's, it's wonderful to be with them. To tie into the catechism you were talking about doing with the kids, you heard from Katie Warner. Yes. Who has been a guest on our show and uh, has done some plugs for us for the show. She's a, a young mother, Catholic mother, and an author, and she sent us a, a link to her new website called firstfaithtreasury.com. Firstfaithtreasury.com. And she writes as an author and and the lady who's an illustrator, her name is Meg, they work together. And she says, we love our collection of children's books at home. As passionate Catholic parents, we also wish for our children to be steeped in the words of scripture and catechism. And the saints, from the moment we first open a book and introduce them to the joy of reading, these hopes inspired us to create the Catholic child's first, first faith treasury. So I wanted to give a plug for that. If anybody wants resources for helping teach their children, go to firstfaithtreasury.com. Well, we enjoy uh, putting a plug in for people who are uh, like Katie Warner. And I might say just for uh, you who might wonder what her background is, she is the daughter, the grown daughter of the founder of Catholics Come Home organization. Right. I think she still lists herself as communication manager for Catholics Come Home. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Well, uh, we're heading towards uh, Easter. Our, we're putting our show together just uh, at the beginning of Holy Week. And uh, by the time you listen to this, it may well be into the Easter season. We hope that your Lent has been blessed. We hope that uh, Holy Week was powerful for you. Dee and I attended our last Stations of the Cross at our church on Friday. You had a good turnout, too, for that last one. Yes, he really did. He really did. So, COVID restrictions are easing up a little bit here in Arizona. Our governor just announced. Doug Ducey. Yeah, that uh, they're lifting the mask mandate, I guess. So, we were were in our... uh, favorite cafe or Saturday morning cafe having breakfast. Yeah. And I noticed as soon as we went in, I noticed that none of the staff was wearing masks this morning. And I thought, wow. Yeah, quite a change. And I hadn't paid attention to the news, I guess. I hadn't heard this. And I said, when one of the girls came over, I says, when did you stop wearing the mask? And then she said, well, the governor announced. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You want to say something quickly about something else that was funny that happened at the cafe this morning? Oh, gosh. Well, we're getting to be regulars, regular Saturday morning We've said <laughs> customers. That before. Yeah, yeah. And we always, most always, get the same thing. But we had decided this morning we were going to get something different. So we were looking at the menu, and we decided on, on something else. And the waitress <laughs> came over, and we she's standing there with her pad and her pencil. And we she said, already started writing and something. We said, I said, well, we're going to do something different today. And she started laughing really hard. She says, I'm already writing chili cheese omelet. <laughs> Which is something that we have almost. That's our regular. Yeah, yeah. But we got a French toast combo this morning. And it was really good. They use really good bread for their French toast. Brioche. Yes. Yeah, brioche. 
Well, dear friends, uh, our subject is a serious one. It's theology. We are going to our vaults, as we said earlier in the show, to bring you an interview with Dr. Anthony Lillis. Uh, the thing about Dr. Lillis is he's able to talk about some serious and profound subjects in the Catholic Church and help us to understand them in an everyday Catholic sort of way. So uh, we're really pleased to do that. We're going to take a break once again, and we'll be back with our special interview with Dr. Anthony Lillis. Hi, Dave and Joan Maroney here. We are Mother of Mercy Messengers, and we also have the Divine Mercy for America prayer campaign. Uh, we're an apostolate for the Marian Fathers of uh, the Immaculate Conception that run the National Shrine of the Divine Mercy out of Stockbridge, Massachusetts. Oh, over the last 20 years or so, Dave and I have been privileged to travel to over 1,000 Catholic parishes and schools all over the United States to help people learn about, live, and spread the Divine Mercy message and devotion. And through the Divine Mercy for America prayer campaign, um, a network, we help people learn about the ways that St. Faustina was instructed to pray and sacrifice for her native land of Poland. And we employ those for our country here in the United States and for countries all across the world. So go to DivineMercyForAmerica.org and sign up. And we want to thank the good folks at, here at KPIH 98.9 RIM Catholic Radio. And we ask God's blessings upon all you that are listening. Next up on Catholic Vitamins is a dear friend, a professor, a spiritual formator, Dr. Anthony Lillis, whom I've known since I was a deacon candidate. Dee and I uh, came to know Dr. Lillis uh, as a professor at the uh, seminary in Denver. And after ordination, we continued knowing each other and seeing each other, and they were a guest. They've been a guest at our house a couple times, so we've become friends as well. Dr. Anthony Lillis, welcome to Catholic Vitamins. Well, thank you very much. Uh, good to be with you, Deacon Tom. Um, we have had you as a guest on the show before. The first time was very early in our Catholic Vitamins series. You helped us look at beauty in the church and that was Catholic Vitamin B, our first, our, our first go-around of the alphabet. We're now approaching the end of our fourth round of the alphabet. We've hardly used any uh, repetitive vitamins or words, and today we're going to talk to you about theology, but, uh, and, and we're so grateful to be able to do that. But before we get into that, let's back up and let people know uh, who Anthony Lillis is Tell us some about your youth and uh, and then your education. Sure. Well, um, I'm a I'm a layman. I teach theology at St. John Vimy Theological Seminary in Denver, Colorado, and uh, I, I'm married and I have three children. My my oldest is in college, and I um, I have two teenage girls uh, at home. One's in high school, and the other junior high. So. Uh, life is pretty full right now, and we've uh, lived in Denver for about 20 years, and um, and and that's right. When we first met, when I first met you, uh, Deacon Tom, 
uh, it was through the diaconal formation program. And, uh, and then, uh, uh, we used to visit you up in, uh, Estes Park when you lived up in beautiful Estes Park, um, uh, which, uh, is on the edge of the wilderness of Colorado is beautiful. It is. It and, is. uh, uh, anyway, we, we, uh, uh, came to, uh, Colorado, uh, after I finished, uh, my own education. I, I went to school at the Angelicum in Rome, where I did my uh, doctoral work and my graduate-level work. And then uh, before that, I went to Franciscan University in Steubenville, Ohio. That's where I did my undergraduate work. And, and uh, my, my whole academic career really has been theology. I've, I've studied a little bit of philosophy and, um, and a couple other disciplines, but most of my work um, has, has been in theology and in specifically my field is uh, called spiritual theology. Um, it's kind of, uh, I'm trying to think of how you might define it. Uh, uh, it's theology applied to the spiritual life or the intersection between prayer and study. And um, in priestly formation and diaconal formation, it's, it's a very important discipline because it's best for, for people to know theology intellectually, but they need to be able to pray it with their hearts. And um, and spiritual theology in particular tries to uh, reach into that that mystery and um, help people develop kind of um, oh, a contemplative intellectuality, a, a, a um, I guess you might say uh, an intelligence of heart in approaching the things of God. And um, and so that's pretty much what I've devoted my life to. My area of expertise in spiritual theology is Carmelite spirituality, and um, my doctoral dissertation was on Elizabeth of the Trinity, a, a mystic who died in 1906 at the age of 26, and was a contemporary of Saint Therese of Lisieux. So um, I get to uh, because of that I get to work with other uh, great uh, uh, saints and doctors. John of the Cross, Teresa of Avila, Teresa of Lisieux, and Elizabeth of the Trinity are, are kind of the, the four that I mainly work with. Yes, I, uh, we were blessed to hear you come to our parish in Estes Park, and you talked about Elizabeth of the Trinity, and uh, that was beautiful. Um, I also remember that during our spiritual formation weekends, when you were helping to form us as deacon candidates, we also learned some more and, and studied more about St. Therese, whom I dearly love and have had devotion to. So you've been a blessing in our lives. Um, but uh, you've already sort of uh, um, pulled us into a sort of a, an area that many people who sit in the pews of church have heard of the word theology and they've heard of theologians and Sometimes they've heard of the clash of theologians as they explore different areas. Could you give us a start on what theology means for the everyday person? Well, theology, um, the best definition is uh, from St. Thomas. And he says that theology is the study of God and all things in relation to God. And... Um, and the, uh, there's a way in which 
the first theology, the first knowledge of God um, is in God himself, and, and all the rest of theology is a participation through uh, the work of our reason and, um, and through our faith in the knowledge that God has of himself that he's revealed to us in Christ Jesus. And um, after that, all the different divisions and everything kind of come from that. But if you wanted to know what's the basis of theology, what makes theology theology, and the basis of it is that God uh, knows himself and loves himself in a holy trinity. And in this, this self-knowledge uh, and in this love that's from all eternity, all other things flow, including human intelligence and the human heart. And he's created man in his image and likeness to know him and to love him, and uh, and that's what makes theology possible, is that somehow we come out of the knowledge and love that God has in himself, and so we're ordered to find it. In fact, I would even say that um, you, there's a certain sense in which theology is important to have to, to engage in in order to have a happy life. Somebody who never asks theological questions, who, who never tries to know God, um, has deprived himself of of something very, very important for our humanity. We're meant to know God. And um, and so that's the very basis, the essence of, of all theology. Any theology that leads you into a deeper uh, knowledge of God and a deeper love of God, any theology like that's a waste of time. It's deviated from its true purpose. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I remember from our deacon formation studies back in Denver, the four years that we were uh, learning back there, was that there are different branches of theology. I remember uh, the theology of Christ, the theology of the church. I'm sort of jumping around uh, hierarchically. Um, Could you help us just, for example, have an understanding of the theology of the church? What would that be a study of? Sure, theology of the church, it's also called ecclesiology, and that's a branch. There's two main branches of theology. Uh, really, theology is one, it's in, in, um, it's rooted in God's knowledge of himself, which we participate in through um, um, faith-filled and love-imbued um, intelligence, and which contemplates the mystery of God. But uh, as we as we look at this mystery, the way our minds work, we we need to break things down into uh, different components. And so, the the two main branches or um, uh, of theology, let's put it like that, is there's practical theology and speculative theology. And practical theology is theology that looks into the question: How are we to live? In the, in the face of God's presence, uh, with our faith in Christ Jesus and what he's done for us on the cross, how then are we to live? And so that, that whole pra- practical or pragmatic branch, that's generally um, consumed with questions surrounding what we call moral theology, which goes into um, uh, specialized questions like sexual ethics and bioethics and all those things. But it's not just ethics, it's 
because ethics is a question of, you know, what is the right way to live? What is the ethical thing to do? In theology, you'd be asking, what is the right way to live, the true way to act in the face of the mystery of God? And so, so this, that now we'll come back to ecclesiology. Ecclesiology is in a branch of theology called speculative theology. And speculative theology includes such fields as ecclesiology, like study of the church, and Christology, study the mystery of Christ. Um, it, uh, it includes uh, soteriology, the study the mystery of how we are saved. It, it studies the Trinity. One of the things all these speculative sciences and theology have in common is um, they're concerned, they're consumed really with um, gazing at the mystery of God, not so that we can figure out how to live, but simply because it's beautiful to gaze on this mystery. And, uh, and what can we say about this mystery uh, as, we, as we behold the beauty that's before us in it? And, um, and so ecclesiology is looking at the mystery of God and um, considers how Jesus established the church and its governance uh, through the apostles and through his disciples, um, uh, through his death on the cross and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. It, it considers all this theological data, uh, the revealed truth, and it asks, well, then what is the church? And this was the great question, incidentally, of Vatican II. One of the reasons we had the Second Vatican Council was to answer the question or to begin to explore more deeply the question is, uh, what, what is the church in relation to the world and in relation to itself? And uh, the theological contemplation uh, of the fathers of the Second Vatican Council gave us the great teachings of Vatican II. So, this um, is, this is so fascinating, and there are so many areas to uh, to get into. But let me take us back to the person who wants to know more, but you know is is not um, involved in continuing studies. Are there some ways to begin to to try to learn a little bit from an overview or an introductory point of view about theology? Yeah, I um, I think the the first thing that somebody who wants to get into uh, uh, back into studying theology or or to begin to study theology for the first time, I think the uh, a good there are two texts that I would say are essential for beginning that, and the first would be to prayerfully study the um, the holy scriptures. Uh, right now, there are a lot of really good teachers out there who've, uh, who have all kinds of different Bible studies that may be in a parish or in a diocese uh, near where somebody lives. Like, for example, J., uh, Jeff Cavins has a, a, um, a beautiful uh, 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 timeline, Bible timeline that he takes people through. I've seen this uh, advertised at many different parishes. And I know a lot of people who've taken this Bible timeline and then gone through individual books. And it just uh, ignites their heart with a love for the faith and a love of theology. Theology is more than just learning about facts and mastering um, a bunch of uh, data points. It's about um, 
It's about beholding the beauty of what God has done for us. Anyway, uh, uh, thinkers like Jeff Cavins, Bob Hahn, and Tim Gray, and Ted Shree, um, these people have worked hard and put together a lot of beautiful material uh, on the sacred scriptures that I think is, is worthy of looking at. So that's the first thing. The second thing that I would recommend for those who want to begin to look into theology and make theology part of their prayer is to get a catechism of the Catholic Church and prayerfully read through uh, the catechism of the Catholic Church. Again, different dioceses and parishes parishes sometimes have um, study guides and, and small groups that read through the catechism. I highly recommend getting involved with that. In the Archdiocese of Denver, they have something called the Catechetical School, and um, they they have little studies on certain in the, in the uh, catechism. Those kinds of um, uh, programs, uh, sometimes they require a lot of work, sometimes a little bit less work, but when you're uh, getting together with other people who are also excited about the faith and you have a good teacher who uh, is able to take you through uh, some of the great themes in the catechism, what you learn is the theological vocabulary of theology in that and how to understand the terms in our tradition. And as you do that, you'll find that more difficult works become easier and easier to read. Uh, for example, a beautiful work to, to read, I, I highly recommend going back to the original sources like Augustine's Confessions. That, that is a beautiful theological work that should be prayerfully reflected on. If you read the sacred scriptures, go through a study of the sacred scriptures, and you also study the catechism, a lot of the vocabulary that St. Augustine uses, which at first seems opaque and even overwhelming, once you learn certain terms and you become familiar with the um, the history of salvation revealed in the sacred scriptures, then many of the things he's trying to say all of a sudden fall into place and um, and the beauty in them is disclosed to you. They can actually, uh, reading somebody like Augustine, lead you deep into prayer. So that's what my recommendation would be. Wonderful. I, uh, I do remember, and it probably had some to do with your leadership in the... Uh, formation program for the seminarians and for the deacon candidates that we spent two years of classes on Augustine's confessions along with <clears throat> several other works but um, it's it's a favorite of mine and, and one that I turn to for inspiration and renewal often so thank you for that and um, you know there's something that you've given me to think about we we have a group of uh, four couples who are meeting it, and we're doing Catholic book study. It just since you've been in Denver all these years, the first book that we ever started with was um, "Living the Catholic Faith" by Archbishop Charles Chaput. Um, ah. we, we've we've done three other books, and we've just finished one now. And you've given me the idea to bring up the idea of the Catechism. What what a wonderful idea to perhaps try studying parts of the Catechism in our group. Oh, that's that's a beautiful thing right now uh, with theology uh, in in the church. Um, we have so many wonderful resources available to us right now. I, I mentioned one name, and I think about two or three others who've also written just beautiful things um, uh, that uh, 
help you get into theology, help you pray through um, what God has revealed to us. And and you're right, uh, Archbishop, I, I'd uh, uh, forget forgotten he he's uh, written more recently a, a book on Catholic involvement with um, with the issues that's called render on unto Caesar uh, but this uh, this earlier work that you're talking about I think it was called living the Catholic faith is that it yes yes um, uh, I remember when that came out and uh, it has some beautiful things to reflect on so so anyway uh, you're right this is a rich time right now we are very very fortunate to have uh, so much good theology being produced Um uh, for that's accessible to the lay faithful to be able to read. You don't have to be, you don't have to have a PhD to get access to these things. They're they're readily available. Doctor, uh, we oh. could continue on theology. I just uh, had asked you as we before we started uh, our program with you. I'd asked if we could just kind of scratch the surface, and I want to give you a chance uh, either now or at the end if you have any closing thoughts on theology. But I also want to ask uh, a little bit, I think you told me that you were in Spain during World Youth Day. Do you want to say some words about that? Yeah, well, I was with um, with our seminarians. I, I uh, led, uh, helped lead a trip, a pilgrimage from uh, Krakow, Poland by bus, from Krakow to Madrid and back. We went through... 22 cities, seven countries, over 5,000 miles. So it was a pretty rigorous, um, pretty rigorous journey. We spent, uh, I think, five days in Madrid during World Youth Day, and uh, the men had a wonderful story they told about um, how they went out to the mass, uh, to the vigil uh, before the mass that night, and um, uh, they couldn't get in. Uh, the Spanish apparently only expected about 700,000 pilgrims for World Youth Day, and they, in fact, had 2.5 million show up. Oh. And so there wasn't enough room for everybody at the vigil, and so uh, our, our seminarians um, uh, uh, were turned away, and it was raining, and, um, and so they took shelter in a forest, and they, they ended up connecting with the uh, Sisters of Life, a religious community out of New York devoted to uh, the sanctity of life. And together between the Sisters of Life and the uh, seminarians from the Archdiocese of Denver, and, or actually St. John Vianney Seminary, they were from many different dioceses, um, together uh, they kind of hosted uh, a whole bunch of pilgrims who were lost and discouraged, and uh, they prayed together, and they had their own vigil in the forest, in, in a forest outside um, uh, Madrid uh, uh, through the night waiting for Mass in the morning. So it ended up being a very beautiful uh, time of, of ministry and fellowship. It was, uh, it was Camp America in the forest in Madrid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so anyway, that gives you a sense of the, the spirit of, uh, of World Youth Day and, and where our men were at and how God uh, kind of used them in uh, in beautiful and good ways. It was like that the whole way through. We were at one bus stop where um, our guys uh, had pulled out a guitar and just started singing together, and pretty soon a whole group of Spanish youth uh, were were uh, gathered around us, and they were singing, and we were all singing together different different songs. Um, some of the old uh, 
old radio songs from the 60s and then then praise songs and then they shared some Spanish songs. Anyway, one lady was so moved. She was in tears. She she gave one of our seminarians a guitar as a gift. Uh, and it was just this beautiful exchange of kind of uh, love and fellowship uh, that characterized all of, of World Youth Day. I, I think... I think the fruits of that for Spain we will see for years to come. Um, Just as as we have continued to see the fruits in Denver of World Youth Day of many years ago. Oh, um, it absolutely. It's very interesting. At the beginning of our pilgrimage, we started in Krakow, and uh, we were hosted by Cardinal Jivish, uh, Cardinal Jeevish was the Holy Father John Paul II's assistant when he was in, in World Youth Day in 1993 in Denver. And, um, and so Cardinal Jeevish received us. He's the new, um, um, uh, uh, primate of, of, uh, Poland. And he received us into the palace and took us to the chapel where John Paul II was, um, was ordained. And where they have a relic of his blood, his, his blood, as you know, was shed on the on the square of St. Peter's, and so is a, a, a quite a privilege to be able to be in that chapel where he is ordained, to be able to be in the presence of that relic. And Cardinal Jeevish spent most of the time recalling the graces of World Youth Day, 1993, in Denver, and telling us, uh, sending us for from Krakow to Madrid, saying, this is the grace that we need now in Madrid. So um, uh, bring the joy of Christ, shout the gospel of Christ from the rooftops, which is what John Paul II told us to do in Denver. And um, and so the men kind of went forth from that, connected with John Paul II, sent out by, by uh, Cardinal Jeevish, uh, uh, ready for mission in Madrid. It was beautiful. Oh, um, heavens. Oh. What a beautiful story and, and uh, uh, lead into your, your trip to Spain. Uh, just as a side note, and you and I hadn't talked about this, I have in my hand the CD of the, the um, St. John Vianney um, seminarians, uh, some of the recorded music that they did. We played that on a previous show, and I think I'm going to play their uh, reflection on the Mass, a beautiful six- or eight-minute uh Meditation on the Mass. We'll play that to close out this show on theology. And um, I, I know a little bit more than we've uh, unfolded here in this recorded part of our time together that you are uh, out in California as we're speaking. I want to honor the fact that I said we wouldn't hold you real long. Uh, what a joy it is, uh, Dr. Lillis, to spend time with you. And there's so much more that we could do uh, you've been such a blessing in our lives and, and many others. Let's go back to theology. Is there any wrap-up thoughts or recommendations or ideas? One thing I wanted to do was um, was tie together the World Youth Day experience with theology because one of the most important things that happened during World Youth Day was that uh, Pope Benedict XVI declared John of Avila, a doctor of the church. Uh, uh, Father John of Avila, St. John of Avila, came from the same town as Teresa of Avila, the great Carmelite foundress. Uh, only he was older than she was. A lot of people get him mixed up with St. John of the Cross, but St. John of the Cross was a disciple of Teresa of Avila. 
St. John of Avila was um, a parish priest in Avila when Teresa was a little girl. And in fact, her her autobiography, the La Vida, uh, when she when she after she wrote it and after it was submitted uh, to theologians, she was still concerned about whether or not what was in it was right. And so she submitted it. One of the last people she submitted it to was Father John of Avila. And there's a letter uh, that he wrote back to her, uh, stating how important the work was and how um, how uh, true her experiences were and um, kind of validating uh, that God was using her in a powerful way. John of Avila, um, uh, the, the, the strength of his witness in Spain was that he knew all the great leaders of prayer in Spain uh, in, in his lifetime. He either wrote them or, or they had friendships, including he had a very close relationship Ignatius of, Aunt, uh, of Loyola, uh, the founder of the Jesuits. Oh. The reason I'm saying all this is that uh, John of John of Avila, one of the, his biggest concerns was the renewal of the church, and he understood that for the church to be renewed, there were two things that were absolutely essential. And the first thing was that bishops needed to be renewed; they needed to be spiritual fathers to their to their priests, and we could say today. They need to be spiritual fathers to their priests and their deacons, uh, personally involved with their life and uh, concerned for each one individually. Um, uh, John of Avila saw that as important. The second thing that he saw as important was that there needed to be, especially in the clergy, a renewal of theology, but not just any theology. He was very concerned about a renewal of prayerful theology. Only prayerful theology could help the way faithful enter the depths of prayer. And, and renewal in the church is completely dependent on our intimacy with Christ. And if we don't take time to prayerfully learn theology, said John of Avila, we don't take that time, uh, the, uh, we block uh, God from being able to act in the lives of the faithful uh, the, the way he would like to act. In other words, when we take time to prayerfully study theology, we make room for God to act in our hearts. And um, and so that's what I wanted to, my closing thing is that a lot of people look at um, uh, theology as uh, something only for the professionals, and, uh, and they don't try to inform themselves. Uh, and when they do that, um, unfortunately, they block God from uh, working in their hearts and in their minds in a very powerful way, in a way that John of Avila would say would help renew the church. I personally cannot think that John, uh, that Benedict the Sixteenth, is um, calling uh, John of Avila a doctor of the church for our time, precisely because we live in a time where we need a renewal of prayerful. Theology, uh, a renewal that begins with when each one of us takes responsibility, takes the initiative to learn our faith and to pray over it, and to and through that loving search, open up our hearts to an encounter with the living God. Uh, Anthony, if I may, uh, let's do two closing things. The first I'd like to ask is: I know that you've been going out to do uh, retreats or talks or. 
spiritual efforts at parishes or elsewhere. Do you want to say a word about what you do and what you're available to do? Oh, uh, sure. I, I uh, offer retreats for uh, for groups, um, and I speak at conferences whenever I'm invited. Uh, uh, let's see, the first weekend in November, the Biblical School for the Archdiocese of Denver has invited me to to uh, provide a retreat on the um, on the Song of Songs, and so we're going to be looking at Teresa of Avila, John of the Cross, and Saint Bernard. Their reflections on the Song of Songs over the weekend, and it's geared to help people enter deep into prayer. Uh, uh, otherwise, um, uh, different parishes uh, invite me to come talk about different saints and mystics. For the last year, um, I, I've been invited uh, several times to go to Sacramento and speak on Divine Mercy, and I've really fallen in love with the message and mission of Sister Faustina and John Paul II, and the uh, the importance of divine mercy for our time. So mm-hmm. um, uh, that's that's what I'm about uh, uh, now. And and thank thank you for the opportunity to be with you and uh, and to just uh, be able to share a little bit about um, well this wonderful patrimony of of uh, of theology that the Lord has entrusted us to in our time, entrusted us with rather in our time. As we wrap up with Dr. Anthony Lillis, I want to uh, remind or, or let our people know that uh, you also have a blog that you uh, share some of your teachings and, and thoughts on. you want to put a plug in for that? Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's at www.beginningtopray.com. Um, uh, beginningtopray.com, all one word. And... Um, I, I I welcome comments and uh, but especially invite your prayers uh, uh, for that. It's really meant to be an, an outreach for those who are uh, want to learn more about their faith and um, and and open up their hearts to what the the saints and mystics are saying in, in our time. Our guest on Catholic Vitamins on this topic of theology has been Dr. Anthony Lillis. Uh, longtime uh, professor and resident of back in the Denver area. That's how D and I got to know him. And uh, I hope and uh, pray that people will avail themselves of the resources that he offers. And uh, maybe if you have a parish who's looking for a, a speaker to come in or a chancery that's looking for uh, a speaker to come in and lead a retreat or a talk on the mystics or one of the saints, or on Divine Mercy, that you would reach out to Dr. Anthony Willis. Anthony, thank you so very much for today. Thank you, Deacon Tom. Please give my love to Dee.
so good to hear the voice of Dr. Anthony Lillis, and so wonderful to hear his teaching again, Dee. He said to say hi to you. I know, I heard that. Hey, we were we were trying to get him to come here to Arizona and do a retreat, like a Advent retreat for us. Well, let me but, just tell you that I've been in touch with him just recently. I haven't mentioned this to you. He's going to come in late September or early October. Oh, good. God good. willing, God willing. <laughs> so we'll talk more about that, I think, as time goes on. Yeah. COVID kept him from coming when we... So I, w- I went to his website, beginningtopray.com. It was mentioned during the interview. He's still doing work there. He's got a column on the breastplate of St. Patrick. He wrote that. He also has been doing columns for the National Catholic Register. He does a podcast himself at Discerning Hearts, and he's a member of the Spiritual Direction team. You can go to spiritualdirection.com. A wonderful resource, and if you do something, please let him know that Dee and Deacon Tom recommended you. I don't know how critical this is. It said beginningtopray.blogspot.com. Do you think you need all that? I think if you do the the .com, it'll come up. It'll come up and give you the option. Thank you for catching that. Yeah. Well, Dee, we're... We normally do a book giveaway on each show, but we have a uh, CD, CD giveaway. Right. This is actually a four-set CD, and the title is Former Satanist Becomes Catholic by Zachary King. And this is put out by the Catholic Resource Center, which is Terry and Jesse. Yes, we listen. No, we listen. We carry <laughs> the uh, Terry and Jesse Virgin Most Powerful uh show on our KPIH radio station here in our community in Arizona, and uh, they do a lot of work for evangelization. I just wanted to say, I'm looking at the back of the CD set that Dee was promoting, Former Satanist Becomes Catholic, and the first CD is The Conversion Story of Zachary King. Mind you, he was very, very far into the satanic world, excuse my voice, and uh, and uh, it's a powerful conversion story. The other CDs have to do with uh, the abortion industry and Satanism, Halloween and Satanism, and questions and answers on the occult. A very interesting giveaway. And if you'd like that, send an email to catholicvitamins at gmail.com, catholicvitamins at gmail.com. And if you're listening locally, you can call 928 363 4144 and leave your your name and address. So that is our giveaway from Catholic Vitamins. Our radio station is offering an April book giveaway. It's a wonderful book by Bishop Strickland called Light and Leaven. And I'm about uh, more than halfway through reading the book. It's very powerful, and he's a wonderful, humble bishop with a lot of beautiful words about the Mass and our liturgies. And uh, he tells some stories about things that he has changed. Um, Let me give you one example. He said when he was a young, and I want to do this respectfully, but when he was a young hot dog enthusiastic priest, and it's nice to think of a young priest being on fire, right? Yes. He said that he would invite people to come all up and get around the altar and we'll all be like kumbaya. (laughs) And he's a bishop and he's been reading and studying the liturgy and he says, I will never do anything like that again. (laughs) Never. So, dear friends, a uh, couple good things for you to look for if you're in touch with uh, Catholic Vitamins or our Catholic radio station. We're going to take another break, and we'll be back. 
Hi, my name is Scott Wieman, and I'm the founder and executive director of an organization called Catholic in Recovery. And as a result of finding hope and new life through the church and 12-step recovery fellowships, um, I founded an organization in order to serve um, and overlap the sacramental life of the church and the 12 steps of recovery. We're finding people who are coming back to the church through our evangelical opportunities, as well as people who are in the pews finding hope and healing for a variety of different addictions, compulsions, and unhealthy attachments. So if you struggle or are seeking freedom from alcoholism, drug addiction, struggles with sex, lust, gambling, eating, whatever it might be, I I strongly suggest you visit our website, catholicinrecovery.com, where you can find a variety of different resources, a community to answer whatever questions you might have, and also an opportunity to find our local meetings or to start a meeting yourself. So that's www.catholicinrecovery.com, and we look forward to seeing you there. Well, dear, it's time for us to wrap up. We're so grateful for our time with Dr. Lillis once again. And uh, we hope to have him here in our Arizona community in September or early October. He's already committed to me that health and all things working, God willing, he'll be able to come to uh, speak a couple times at our parish. That'd be wonderful. I hope so. So we can wish everybody a blessed Easter. And a blessed Easter season, although you may be hearing this a little bit earlier if you're in our local community. But uh, thank you for being a friend of Catholic Vitamins. We enjoy doing this. And we'll look forward to uh, your singing of This Little Light of Mine after we go out. See you on the next show. Bye. Finally, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And we'll see you next time on Catholic Vitamins. I'm gonna let